Yeah. Well, because <laughs> also that year, the Dodge Stratus, Ooh. which is the popular car to live within down by the river. You that are conflating an, two different things. Are you doing this a bit? That's is this an a SNL bit? skit. No, oh, my God. Chris oh. Farley, didn't he say, I live no. in a Dodge Stratus? Is this really happening? Yeah. Is this well, real said, life? I know that he said van, but there's another bit where he says, I live in a Dodge Stratus. No? Is this happening? You're, there's dead silence here. New for 96. With your hosts, Kevin McCauley and Chris Wynn. I do this a lot during meetings. Oh, yeah. This motion, I'm waving like a rainbow, like the yeah, say, the more you know rainbow. What were yeah. you gonna say? <laughs> Something offensive, perhaps? Uh, it's possible. Mm. It's possible. How's our levels? Are they good? Are we jumping right in? You're is this the show going off the charts again? Oh, okay. With your mirth and enthusiasm, which yeah. I don't care for. So, uh, hey, did you realize that uh, we basically have the same garage? Our cars are basically the same. I've, I thought about that this, this morning, that I have a BMW, a Porsche, and a Toyota, mm-hmm. and you have a Mini mm-hmm. of the BMW era, a yeah. Porsche, and a Toyota. Yeah. We have the same thing. Also, your, now your BMW is a two-door, so never mind, but it's a hatch. Mm-hmm. So... So is oh, mine, that's true. basically. It's a wagon. They share the radio panel. Yeah, yeah. And we, I wonder if there's anything carried over from the LS to the Prius. Oh, uh, yeah. The window switches. What? Are exactly the same. No way. Yeah. Can you believe that? Like 20, basically 25 years different. No. How many years is that? Yours is in 05, 06? 07. 07? How many years is that? 92? 15. 15 years. Okay, so 15 years apart. You know what I'm talking about, though? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I don't even know how to describe them. They're like little croissants. Yeah. 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 I, well, that's like, the, that's like the standard way of making switches now. I think. It I is. wonder if Toyota was early it's, on that it's because the, it used to be like the Wild West. It, yeah, it used to be the Wild West or like just a long switch, like an old school, like this is up, this is down, yeah. uh, like rectangle. It, um, must, it must have been fairly recently that it became like standardized, like you have to have switches that are basically like this and basically in this place i think because it was, was just like three years ago no oh maybe no that's not true because they're kind of all over the place still well i guess there are no like are there any cars with centrally located i don't know switches? i don't know if the position is standardized but the switch like the switch themselves like the shape is roughly the same everywhere yeah um, oh keep wrangler has them in the center console, I think, oh, still. That makes oh, sense. because they. Windows. Because doors. Doors come off. Doors come the, off. Because um, the Mini, uh, our Mini, the 2012, has like the toggle switches in yeah. the center. Oh, it's yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, they're like toggle. They're not they're, even remotely shaped yeah, like window switches. They're just like little, like bomb, like missile launching. Yeah. Uh, and on the newer generation, it's just like a lame switch. Oh, they why took would they, out. Beca- that, I think they had to. And also, they took out all the fun and whimsy. That is. No, that's dumb. Yeah. Um, and a shame. Uh, but I think eventually everyone did the Toyota thing because it was the most lo- logical thing. Like, literally push downwards towards the earth to make it go down and pull it up. Right. Oh, uh, no, it, it absolutely makes sense. Like, yeah. it's very intuitive. So it's I wonder intuitive. if Toyota invented that kind of switch, like how they invented the QR code. Yeah. Um, did they? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. They used it for, like, internal parts cataloging. Whoa. and uh, And then it became 
a thing. I remember uh, thinking... I think, I think it, w- it was either Toyota or Denso. Yeah. Which is like a mostly Toyota you call supplier. It Denso? I call Denso? it... Denso? Denso, Washington. Uh, I call it Denso. Oh. Denso. It's a word that I've only said out loud maybe tw- <laughs> maybe once. I've only ever once said it out loud when um, the mechanic was trying to find a filter for the rear cabin uh, air filtration, air purifier in the Celsius. Oh. And they said this is the Denso part and oh. it doesn't exist anymore. There, well, There's all these brands that were in Super GT in the 90s. Yeah. And like, and they were in Gran Turismo, and like, so Denso sponsored uh, oh. a GT500 Supra. It was red and white, and, like, and, and then like Raybrig, and they make headlights. They yeah. sponsored the NSX. There was Takata, you know, yeah. that infamous company. They sponsored the NSX um, and Calsonic. Like all these companies are yeah. just forever cool. Like they could are... literally kill people, like Takata yeah. did, and I'm still like, eh, maybe they get a pass because they made these cool race cars. True, maybe. Um, so are they the AC Delco of? Japanese cars, uh, yeah, yeah. Just as I guess Bosch is the the European mm, yeah. AC Delco. I guess so. <laughs> Motorcraft. Last thing about those uh, Toyota switches, I remember thinking as a kid. In I think at the first place I ever saw them was either my uncle's 1990 LS 400 or my best friend's mom's 94 XV10 Camry, mm-hmm. and like I just remember being being so wowed that they weren't like up and down switches like a rectangular up and down switch and how genius it was uh, and i must have been 12 maybe mm-hmm. at the time my mom had a volvo 740 my dad had a taurus and both of those had lamo switches which were not as cool and imagine in like 10 years when all the switches are just like a black touchpad square and how unsatisfying and terrible that's four be. levels deep in a touch screen yeah or it will be an Alexa command um, because everything there. Uh, Amazon is invading the world with Alexa products as of what yesterday. Did you see that? Uh, I don't really pay attention to their things, but I saw that they're getting Samuel L. Jackson to read the. <laughs> I stuff. did not see that, but this is. I just saw one um, one thing today. Like a, it was like a wired summary or something email, uh, and. They have wearable glasses, or wearable, so, uh, or not a wearable, but glasses. So, oh, it's a bunch of wearables. So, it's glasses with Amazon, uh, Alexa built in. My Alexa is also going to ring during me saying all this. Mm-hmm. It's a ring that has Alexa built into it. Uh, and uh, there's something else, like a suppository or something. Um, but, it, like, they're putting it everywhere. Yeah, but they're literally in yeah. they're, But they. Like, you will never hear about these things again. No. Like, you know, be like, Amazon has had two products ever that were a hit. Like, yeah. the original Kindle and the, the uh, cylinder talking thing. Yeah, that you're, we're trying talking about. To, you're trying not to trying activate not to, it. Trying, I, don't, I don't want her to get triggered. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they have failed at many products. Remember yeah. they tried to make phones? Remember they tried to make, you yeah. know, like ipad tablets and things? Yep, yep. Um, Those still sell because they were like 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the article did note that basically if you're going to spend $130 on these spectacles, these glasses, don't expect it to be around next year. You're an early investor or yeah. early adopter. 
in something that is clearly a little bit dumb. Well, they're going to, I mean, Amazon will move on a lot yeah. faster than Google did. And Google dropped that shit. Yeah. I like their scattershot approach versus like Apple, which is like, we will focus on one product for the next 10 years and just improve upon that. And Amazon's approach is... Oh, I like is, that approach. I like that approach too. Oh, wait, the scattershot or the one thing? One thing. Oh, me too. Oh, I That's thought what you I'm said, saying. I like that better than Apple's approach. No. Of doing was, something good. No, I like that that's Apple's approach and Amazon uh, yeah. is just... Let's just build like a million different devices and That's see the what Samsung sticks. Samsung approach. Yeah. Amazing. So anyways, back to cars. Mm, if we must. Mm, how have you been? I've been all right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, good summary. That's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Taycan. You it, saw one recently. Taycan. 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 You're going to make me pronounce Cayman like Cayman again. I don't have to twist your arm too hard. Mm, yeah. Uh, Tykin, Tykin. Um, I'm. How many people? How? What do you think the split's going to be between people saying Taycan and Tykin? Um, I'm going to say seventy-five, twenty-five. Pronouncing it probably in favor of Taycan. Probably. Also, we live in Texas, so that's my proper pronunciation. Did you see that? Like that graphic going around like last week and it was like the explanation for how they arrived at this name and it was mm. insane no but like it's like oh you know it's like this part of the word it had it like drawn off like almost like it was like the verbal version of when you see a logo and it's like split up into all the like circles and, and art in like perfect radius corners and stuff mm. it's like the verbal version of that where they have the split up and it's like the first part it's like oh this means a a young active horse yeah derived from the horse like on the crest of stuttgart and then yeah and means this and we'll we'll post it but it's insane it i was, so it was humorous it was like extreme marketing speak yeah. i like the name i'm less curious now. how they yeah once they actually once you actually found out what it meant yeah uh you you found out that that meant horny horse right um and now all i can see is one image in my head and <laughs> yep so we'll move on that from transferred there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's exciting. All the reviews are out now. I haven't read any of them oh, yet. Oh, it's but good. Question mark. I mean, it's it's no, it's it's cool. I I've watched a couple of videos, yeah. read a couple of reviews. Friend of the show, Chris Perkins. Oh, that's right. It. Yeah, um, he did a whole uh, whole thing in it. Uh, yeah, he he was part of the first wave that went to like I think they went to like Norway and Denmark yeah, and Germany yeah. and drove it uh, a few hundred miles. I'm uh, super Bosom. excited. Yeah, yeah. He uh, there's not a lot of surprises at this point, and that's a good yeah. thing. And, and that's that's cool. My uh, my unsubstantiated uh, evaluation of the car is that it introduces like an automotive enthusiasm back into like or into electrics to start with. That's be something beyond like you know, uh, crazy acceleration. Like there's something right. more to it than instant torque. Hopefully. I mean, there's yeah. still, the, the first stories are really, the, the first articles are really weighing on the repeatability acceleration okay. and, the, and the power sure. and acceleration. Um, the, you know, the range that is decent, the charging is good, but the infrastructure where it was tested was not yeah. great. Yeah. Um, and they said that the electric power steering, like not as good as it could be. I mean, and that's, just always kind of the, the Which thing. Which is funny because uh, Porsche's kind of spent the last since uh, 981, 991. They've been spending that much time perfecting it. And between the 981 and the 718, it, there is a market improvement. Uh, yeah. So and so I'm surprised that, uh, well, I mean, whatever factors that might have been, but I'm surprised that they couldn't 
make that work a little better. I wonder if it's a weight thing. Well, no. uh, I, I mean, it could just be a matter of uh, dial. It sounds weird. It could be a matter of like, okay, who's the target audience? How much? How much road grit and feel do you want in your? luxury but, sedan for this casual buyer i mean it could be a matter of they yeah. have the capability to have more steering feel there and they've kind of eliminated some as like an nvh quality thing i yeah. mean that, that's, i'm just i'm just throwing out theories because they I know don't, they do know how to do it but it's a matter of who you know who are they aiming this at how are they whole thought it was that for? this is a, 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 an uneducated assumption but that because it's electric now you can just artificially place everything i mean i guess you can't replace the actual like rack and uh, all the mechanical bits that might feed into the system. But then I would figure that the electric part of it would allow you to manipulate it any which way you need to, to produce a certain feel. That's what I'm saying is that I, I, I don't think it's a lack of being able to, I think it's like a, a choice. Yeah. Maybe not a choice. We want it to be known, oh, but maybe it's a saying. choice where it's like a, what is the balance of ride harshness and, yeah. and absolute feel but that we want to could, give and deliver? In theory, couldn't that just be programming? Like, ha- your uh, yeah, aggressive mode, you know, make it produce simulated feedback. Right. Um, and then for comfort mode, like, just numb it to oblivion. It could be. Well, the product specialist from the 992, and I need to get, like, the actual documentation about mm-hmm. this because I'm really interested in this, Yeah, is was telling me that the, the electric power steering is it's I, I imagine it works almost the same between the 992 and the Taycan. It's basically interpreting the road, yeah, and, and just, then re like applying like motors to give the feel artificially, yeah. you know. And, and, that's, and yeah, that's what I assumed it would be now because otherwise, like a straight up electric power. I mean, like we've driven cars like just Hyundai rental cars with uh, standard electric power steering and it feels like nothing yeah i drove one here yeah oh there you go uh no yours is hydraulic is it your prius has hydraulic steering you would not know yeah uh it's got the buick setting on the power steering boost assist yep uh oddly enough i did not realize that the mark 6 gti it just never occurred to me that that has power or that has electric power steering really yeah Um, there is some weird cars that do like the rx8 is one of the best steering cars ever, mm-hmm. um, and it has electric power steering. It's, so, it's bizarre. The technology has been here. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the differences are. Yeah. Um, it'd be really interesting to really yeah. interesting to look into. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we were talking about minis earlier, and I wanted to say like the the new generation mini, like the steering is is so bad oh, no. <laughs> compared to compared to like the last yeah the last smaller mini. I felt um, that way about the f10 yeah. 3 series too it was just like not the f30 or f30 um it was just like not there mm-hmm. uh but you know in theory we've now evolved into the next generation of power steer or electric power steering yeah technology so i am very interested to try both of those cars 992 and a tycan yeah i'm excited for the tycan and then yeah. i can only speak uh visually but i good presence it looks good yeah it's got good presence it's funny we talked about the wheels and you know the the they launched it with these like very concept car looking wheels with the white you know white car with the white like Mm -hmm. outer wheel rim uh or maybe it was the spokes which are are possibly called officially called um fuke style or something okay but i could be extremely wrong i don't know 
but it really transforms it like that makes it look like the concept car if you want a car like if you want to make a statement like this is a futuristic electric car oh yeah that's going to do that that's, and if you but if you if you just have the alloy colored wheels it looks kind of like a panamera but like a, a nicer does. panamera it's, yeah the proportion is similar and the current panamera looks good so it's not a slight but um no but, but yeah if you well if you just wanted that like electric car you want it to be seen as an electric car and not right as a small or just people i'm sure will mistake it for a panamera at some point in time yeah um i saw a first gen panamera today in a parking garage i was just driving past it and just thinking i'm sure this is not a unique thought but instead of making it that a fastback and they had actually done like a sport turismo treatment to it Mm -hmm. it would have just been a hundred percent better looking yeah i cannot disagree i mean when they came out with that when they came out with the Sport Turismo concept, it was like 2013. Yeah. And the Panamera looked like the one that you saw. I mean, it was, it, it just seemed so shapeless. The yeah. Sport Turismo like gives it this structure that it needed with, with the rear where it's yeah. like, look it at this defined shape instead of just this like punchy com- blob. Yeah. It completed. Punchy blob. It completed a thought, which. Yeah. Uh, that's what the. Uh, the first gen, it just seemed like, okay, here are two different cars. We're going to merge them together. Yeah. Uh, but. Well, the, the first, I mean, when that first Sport Turismo concept, again, when it showed, you, like, the Panamera looked like that. And it was just such a radical thing. Now, obviously, I still think the Sport Turismo is the way to go. But both Panameras look really good. So it's not like, it's not so drastic, but I agree. It, it used to be very I drastic. Cannot wait until Sport Turismos are inexpensive if they are to become that. Yeah. Um, Apparently, the take rate is not so good. I am disappointed with that, but yeah. also I'm not surprised, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the I did like a quick search uh, like last week or something. Just I was curious how much they were going for used now, mm-hmm. which obviously, I mean, they're basically still brand new. So they're still at about, I think the cheapest you can get one is like 90 grand. Okay. But, yeah. But considering there are like $10,000 Panameras right now, uh, first gens, like yeah. I'm hoping one day like yeah. a decent one will be like 15, 20 grand. I mean, I think if you ordered a, a like chalk or a cool color sport Turismo mm-hmm. Mamba green, mm-hmm. like it will be worth twice as much as another same year Panamera with that's not Sport Turismo in yeah. the same co- in a different color yeah. like in like 10 years because when when people like us are ready to buy one I mean yep. not saying you should buy it for the nerds like us that are going to still pay you pennies on the dollar yep. but we the, the people that are going to want one in 5 or 10 years are going to want a Sport Turismo in like a color that is interesting oh yeah for sure you know yeah and so spec them weird now people yeah, exactly yeah exactly uh yeah we um i actually have i've seen maybe two on the road i mean they're i see my dealers uh, yeah. passing by them but otherwise yeah i can you know if that sampling is anything yeah reflective of true sales numbers then yeah i could see that take re- i've seen no a good. handful and i see a lot of updated sedans i mean yeah. it's a big it's it looks good it's jarring when you see an old panamera yeah uh oh it really is and there are no, uh I guess they are on the road still, but they are uh, in poor condition or have been modified to um, uh, unique choices. I only see like matte black. It's like what I see. Yep. Uh, To be... uh, 
handing Kevin the bottle. Yes. Yes, we should just get one bottle each. That way we don't have to... Fine. Mm. No sharing. I guess. How did you even have some What was that? That was terrible. Okay. Try Cap it again. reinstalled. Try it again. There we go. Um, yes. I'm going to pour. Okay. Um, I wanted to mention the Formula E car. Yeah. Um, Porsche is entering Formula E. We talked about the Taycan for a while, but this sort of transitions mm-hmm. neatly. They're entering Formula E, yep. and I'm excited. This last year was going to be the year that I paid attention to Formula E. Yeah, uh, and I still didn't. Uh, we we never talk about it on here, but I'm a motorsports fan. Yeah. I, I'm a Formula One fan, and I usually it's part of it's like I don't have time for Formula E, mm-hmm. or I don't schedule it, and then also it's hard to watch. But this year, uh, I'm going to try to pay attention because. Yeah. Mercedes-Benz is entering. Yeah. Porsche is entering. Like it's gonna be. Whoa. The cars look cool. Yeah. It's gonna be a whole new level of competition. Yeah. And then I think in a year they're gonna open up development a little bit. So yeah. Porsche will put this know-how that they're developing into um, the cars, and it's it's yeah. exciting. I think it's gonna be really cool. They have two of the drivers from uh, from the LMP1 program, nice. Andre La- Andre Lauderer mm-hmm. and Neil Yanni. Okay. So uh, it's going to be cool. So we should try to pay attention. I've talked to uh, our friend Daniel Golson about this, and yeah. he's also the same way. Like with Mercedes joining, with Porsche yeah. joining, he's like, I want, to, I want to try to tune in. So and also they're on like a weird yeah. um, calendar where they, I think it uh, starts in November. And are this guy, like, will you have to wake up at four in the morning to watch it? Um, it depends, but they do have more races like in North America than yeah. Formula One does, so that at least helps with the time mm. zones a little bit. Yeah. I, I think they usually kind of schedule them for an American audience. It would be so great they might have, like night race they somewhere could else. Start at noon and end at two. Okay, would work well with I'll my schedule. Pass that along. Yeah. Yep. Um, that does bring me one more thing about the Taycan. What's exciting? The most exciting thing is mm-hmm. like. Uh, yeah, the Taycan is cool now, but I mean, imagine in six years yeah. with like a real update and development because Porsche never stops. And, no. and uh, I don't know how we got through all of this without talking about Tesla, but Tesla doesn't develop their no. things. They, they, they kind of make they, some tweaks. They make, they, they remove color options yep. and, uh, and they occasionally say, here's a, you know, a more Easter powerful egg. version or yeah. an Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that they don't do updates and refreshes, like it will be interesting to yeah. see where Porsche goes because they're already starting at a, a high level. At the very least, like say for instance that we were talking about the Apple model, like the the phone itself has essentially looked the same since the iPhone six. Yeah. But like the innards have been dramatically changed in and out, and you'd think like with the whole roller skate chassis platform, I mean and. This is an armchair perspective, I suppose, but it seems like it would have been less difficult to put a new body on it or like to do something to just kind of like invigorate it because it, it's the same car it's been since 2012. Is that yeah. it? 2012 was the start? Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, but I mean, it does seem that way, but also this is a company that like, uh, but here's the thing doesn't make like is not yeah. very good at like building cars and properly like they, the, they managed to they uh, managed yeah. to get the volume out somehow some volume but and they're not I'm doing not it tesla hater like no no know. we both love tesla Tesla's we great. are the biggest the defenders car, of tesla the car itself is fine and great it's the people the person <laughs> yeah. in charge and the the ardent defenders 
who like without looking at any of the facts or what year it is like will defend it to the death right and that's where it just kind of all breaks down for me yeah. otherwise it's a great product and i would totally buy like a used one mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know yeah is yeah it is. no i i i think it's amazing there i get into rants about this like because i find i feel that there are automotive journalists that do not give tesla any credit yeah. at all and yeah. um i mean tesla's made like a million cars yeah, no, yeah and, on the flip side of it there are journalists that want like that want to heap praise on yeah. any random startup or whatever electric car yeah. company that's not like, tesla like what uh what came out today the, the, the stupid truck the bolliver the ball Bolliver, Bo- bollinger which looks just like an undeveloped mule yes it, it's literally just like it looks like a defender uh, like a, a defender uh series two except worse uh and i like this the series too but it just looks like it looks like it wasn't designed on purpose right it was just to house some components but anyways yeah so maybe it'll be great yeah Have probably you, not the um the tesla and porsche nurburgring thing has yeah. been interesting like i think we're gonna look back and be like remember when tesla and porsche oh were God. like going at, at the nurburgring like it's so bizarre but it is it's, and i love the just the notion and i didn't really think about it i not that i was looking at it and saying that oh my god how impressive i thought it was really silly that it was so reactionary clearly very reactionary to you're speaking about tesla's part yeah because yeah. porsche no not been, porsche yeah, had been on the nerve they had been doing it testing and, and they'd be doing the, the official the way of the car. yeah and tesla comes in with a very specific like uh benchmark that they're sh- shooting to beat which is four-door electric um and they're four-door electric seven-seater well, that's what they went to later yeah because they were they had to get a record yeah so <laughs> and that being the case and someone made the analogy too like we could do it with a prius too and find some you will know like, that so that was when when the porsche was quicker initially yeah must said well yeah. Tesla would be Tesla would do faster if you did enough laps because it has a more range, so it would be able to eventually go more distance. <laughs> and people, that's when people said, "Oh, well, you could take a Prius and, yeah. and do that or whatever." Yeah. Um, well, and there you go. I mean, which I'm willing to test. Here's the thing. Yeah. Oh, you should you should fly your car over at multiple <laughs> times the value <laughs> and hit the ring. Yeah. Uh, but it, I will say that the the car that they had on the track looked really cool. It had like yeah. bolt on fenders yeah. and like decent looking wheels. Yeah. Giant wheels and brakes that they think were from like a, a Camaro one LE <laughs> or something like huge, which is cool if they actually offer such things. Yeah. And they should right. like these are product improvements that would help, uh, not naysayers, but just rather like mild criticism that comes from like dummies like us. So well, it, yeah, I, I think I hopefully I think they'll do they'll probably do a limited run of them that have these modifications and it'll be cool. I mean it's it's all the better for yeah for it. I like seeing this kind of electric development. Fast forward, you know, go back to five years ago, we just had Audi e-tron concepts. Yeah. That was the electric pushing that was happening for manufacturers. So now yeah. we're getting like real We had um, the ELR, which I guess was, it a, was a hybrid. Hy- series hybrid, yeah. but still. Um it was there. There's an ELR. My, one of my neighbors has an ELR. I see it every once in a while. I really? think it's the only one in existence. Oh, one of my friends got one. Whoa. Or he leased one. 
Oh. He didn't. He he leased a Volt. Yeah. And then the Volt lease ended, and then uh, there was an ELR that had been sitting in the showroom for like a year. Yeah. And he was able to basically get it for the same lease price yeah. as the Volt. This one. is the Cadillac ELR, which is basically a, a luxury Volt, except that um, it had it's cool better. styling. It, it had styling really was cool pretty styling. cool. It looked good. Yeah. It was, but it was worse. Because it had more luxury stuff, yeah. so it was like less a little bit less range and a little less performance. Yeah. Um, and then right after the ELR came out, the Volt got like a second gen that yeah. was superior, and I think it was superior to the ELR. Superior in technology. Yes. I the, it looks so generic though. Like I, the first oh, the, one, yeah, I yeah, thought looked I, better. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But what can you do? That's right. Yeah. So um, the Sharon. Yeah. Hit 300 miles an hour. 300. That's pretty fast. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny because like just thinking about the Tesla on the Nürburgring, it's yeah. like, well, they, they modified this car and then they do this thing and then they might do a production version later. It's like, well, yeah. that's exactly what Bugatti did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with the Chiron, they, <laughs> they showed this modified one with the long tail and the different, uh, I think the engine was stock, but I think it had, it yeah. had a different aero and different new tires. Um certain changes yeah and then they said well this is the super sports um and that was a pre-production i think it's just so cool i think this is the coolest yeah, I think thing it's really I just cool love seeing... there's something different though about like that v tesla just because tesla is well, like no tesla accessible... didn't plan at all yeah. yeah it's 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 absolutely different like but um there was a there was i'm going back to that there was a good article by rob holland on jalopnik uh who's a racer and he said like i was really skeptical he's like tesla like they came out and they did it. They actually did a good job and they didn't boast too much about times. They said like, yeah. we're going to come back and do more, but they had a pretty good, they actually like did a pretty good job yeah. with um, making the car, you know, quick, yeah. like, properly quick. Could we, like, I don't remember if we could see if they tried to lighten it. Like, did they strip Oh yeah, the they stripped like hundreds okay. of pounds out. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's totally different. Yeah. <laughs> they should do, sell a lightweight version. Yeah. But well, like, have no interior. Like in RS America, like, model in that uh it costs less oh yeah 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 that'll happen no um uh, oh, so the sharon i think this is so cool like i just yeah. love the boundary being pushed and just the waking up and seeing like this bugatti went 300 miles an hour oh and it also looks way cooler than yeah. the normal sharon because it yeah. has this like extended rear body work yeah um, it looks like just, a long tail yeah an actual long situa- tail. yeah and did it have so did it have special tires? Yeah, okay. extremely special, like hand inspected tires. Say, like, I mean, because that's that's the, been the debate. You've got yeah, you've got these cowboy dipshits like um, beep J period H period um, <laughs> out here in west Houston, west of Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. No one will be able to guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, saying, oh yeah, we're gonna go three hundred miles an hour in our like you know whatever thing, and it's like Michelin's like. Uh, those tires we sent you are not rated for that. Yeah, yeah, they will last <laughs> maybe one second. Michelin's of- like, you should talk to us before you attempt that because yeah. we do not condone this. I couldn't even imagine. Um, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know what it is about me also where I don't like uh, Koenigsegg much. And it's yeah. not that I don't like supercars. I just don't like the way that they I don't approach like them supercars. Either. I agree. Like, I love hypercars. I love technology. And I know that, I know that in the last few years they've really done cool things with technology yeah, and valve trains and but there's stuff some personality thing from the brand that's just like it just rubs, rubs I, it, me the I, wrong way i think it's like because like 15 years ago it was just like there wasn't the technology it was yeah. like it was like you know these like ford v8s and things yeah. um and now i'm probably 
I'm going into my depth where I don't know exactly what I'm talking about, but present day Koenigsegg's, I'm still not interested. So Same. it is really cool to see this Bugatti Same. like smash this record. Yeah. Um, and I don't uh, like. Are there any uh, non heritage uh, supercar brands that you like? So like, I love McLaren. Spiker. Uh, Spiker doesn't really. I don't think they really <laughs> exist anymore. I dislike Spikers. Um, just because. Uh, <laughs> no one's asking why. <laughs> I know. It's just that, but they they're so on, like. I don't know why I'm going on this tangent, but just from like an industrial design standpoint, like uh, the like part of the thing they hang their hat on is that the interior is just ridiculous, uh, but it's ridiculous in a bad way. Like it's just so overdone. Yeah. Instead of well done. Well, they're gone, and now Pagani occupies Pagani, that niche. And I also I don't like Pagani, Pagani as well. Uh, um, but McLaren has uh, it has a name in history, mm-hmm. and. It's not that like these cars are restrained by any means, uh, but there's something kind of like if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot for the stars with a hypercar, there's just something kind of cool about it having existed in history as always having tried, as opposed to it being a brand new thing. At least that's for me. Well, for me, like actually doing motorsports gives you mm. credibility like yes that, that especially is yeah developed and has i would agree you know yeah, that's like, part of the heritage uh, yeah i guess yeah. like motor i mean mclaren currently competes yeah. in motorsports and uh you know the other hypercar makers ferrari and porsche yeah. very active in motorsports it gives a credibility that these cars are can also turn and, well and yeah. there's like an aerodynamic philosophy and behind them all the more reason like you can look at the buyer of a certain car uh, and wrongly guess that they bought that because they are a person who cares about racing heritage and that's why they've bought this. I would say probably 918 buyers more likely. Uh, Bugatti buyers probably a little less likely, although the Chiron is still cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Although that is a very, spe- like, that is a very specific uh, set of buyers, I would imagine. Yeah. But do you think that the Veyron? I don't, I just had like this weird thought in my head. Do you think the Veyron buyer is the same type of buyer that would buy a Chiron, or are they different? That is a really good question. I, I was I, I was thinking, I was thinking that it's got to be like an extremely fickle, you know, set like customer where it's like it has to be the latest, yeah. most expensive thing, and every six months someone has something more expensive and fancier. And, yeah, and whatever like i i feel like when the veyron was launched we didn't have car youtubers and people yeah. like this and all this stuff i think it was like i'm gonna buy this veyron and it's gonna sit as this crown achievement of my success over yeah. my career and i will be satisfied with this till the day i die and yeah. now it's like well my Chiron is eight months old so i'm gonna sell it and buy this new Koenigsegg. yeah and also that's just different but i feel like there's more people that that applies to than there were before i know that that's not every sharon buyer yeah but um i just feel like that's more of a that is a thing that exists now yeah certainly yeah um so i don't know you you think they're different buyers i think they're different but i don't like there's just kind of the notion that maybe it's just because the veyron's just been out now and you can now form like personalities of the people who buy them and uh you know it is such a show car. It is not like an automotive enthusiast car. It's a collector 
thing or it's just it's either a collector thing or a show-off piece uh and i guess the chiron's kind of the same way i don't know maybe they yeah. are the same buyer yeah uh but in my head i thought for some reason the chiron might be a more selective type of collector buyer but maybe not it's kind of the so. same yeah it's it's, same proposition it is, it is. yeah whatever they're okay. both cool they're yeah. both cool but speaking of heritage um do we like the new defender uh I regret being the guy that hates everything, but okay. I don't like it. I like it. Um, I like it, and we've had this discussion, but I like it um, as just another piece in the Land Rover lineup. I don't like it as a successor to the Defender name uh, because it shares nothing but like a like very... like. I, I get people's criticism about how it looks like a cartoon. Um, but I think if you look at it as just another, like it's a filler in the gap between yeah, it's, it's uh, like discovery LR2. and yeah, discovery and Range Rover discovery and LR2. Uh, so it falls, I mean, it, it actually price wise, it's probably going to fall between uh, the LR2 and the Range Rover. I don't think there is an LR2 anymore. Oh, LR4. Actually, it would have been, but uh, well, the LR, the LR, okay, so the LR two was what the Freelander became. Oh, I know. Rebatched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the one that was kind yeah. of escape like, and I did find the, the Freelander slash LR two got like eight facelifts, yeah. and there was one that looked a lot like this Defender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like this is like this is like Land Rover making like an Xterra. Like that's uh, cool. I, I guess it's just, I like that. I one because I don't like the current Discovery. Uh, I think that looks really silly, or the Discovery Sport even. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of... Uh, they haven't announced pricing, right? I don't think... I don't think so, no. Yeah. Like, if it's not, like, outrageous, uh, if it falls in the 50 to 60 range, uh, I think it could just be... It would just be kind of, like, a more fun Land Rover. And it's no longer... I think if people hang their hat on the it's a utilitarian concept, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, it's... It's the fallacy, and sometimes I fall into the argument of, well, the new Supra is not the old Supra. The new NSX is not the old NSX. And the new Defender is most definitely not the old Defender. And This is just like another kind of, if you're going to pick a Land Rover, I think this is probably, uh, aside from an actual Range Rover, I think this would be the one that I would pick versus, say, a Discovery, Discovery Sport, or Evoke. Well, I guess it's a Range Rover. So cross out the Evoke out of that equation uh, for Range Rover, but I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I I liked the Evoke before, and I don't like the new one. I think it looks yeah, puffier. I agree. Uh, the original one was especially. Do they have a, a two door anymore? I I'm gonna guess no, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, that actually, would be, they might. Could that be the interesting one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had a coworker who uh, has been looking for a like nicer CUV of some kind and. I was trying to get a list for him. I was trying to make a list for him. And uh, I almost put the Evoke on there until I looked up reliability. And I mean, I should have known this. look up reliability. I should have known this. Although he's like high on Volvo. Mm-hmm. Like Volvo is at, top, at the top of his list. And he had a C30 that flooded uh, in this recent storm. So He had a C30? He had a, C30, a manual C30. Wow. Uh, and it flooded during Imelda, which was our latest... Flooding oh, event that's in Houston. Most, that's our most recent 500-year flood. Yeah, yeah. And so 
And he loved that car and he is sad to replace it. But now he wants to get something a little bit higher off the ground, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, traumatized slightly by it. And so, uh, wow. so I was asking him, like, what his tolerance for reliability is. Because he wants something European. And he... Uh, he said, oh, yeah, his Volvo has been generally pretty reliable. And then I'm hearing him talk to his insurance company and trying to hype up the insurance value because it's, it's going to be totaled um, or it has been. And he's like, yeah, no, it's been pretty reliable. Like, uh, uh, I've done this to the, and this is this. And, you know, it's I have all the maintenance records for it. And, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I had to replace the engine once. So it has 18,000 <laughs> less miles. <laughs> and, like, because... It, man, reliability is such a relative term. Yeah. So if that's your benchmark, having to replace the engine, then I have a whole list of cars for you that you should consider, including a Range Rover Evoque. Uh, but I think he's... So I actually recommended that he look at the CX-5 because that's about the size that he wants. Yeah. Um, and he get a brand new car. He's, gonna, he's looking at used ones. Uh, but I don't think he's going to go that route. He's probably going to get an XC60 or... I told him to look at, and I think people will poo-poo me for this choice, but um, I think you should look at a GLA, like a GLA 250 or something. Uh, I like it for the fact that you can get them dirt cheap now. They're higher off the ground, but they're not, and he's six foot six. So he needs something like that has some room in it a little bit. And I think it's a really good city car. I was picturing a first-gen GLK. No, I don't like those. I mean, if you are going to get like, yeah, because one... I guess that was the only generation GLK. Yeah, because then there's the GLC afterwards. Um, I don't know. I think unless you just really want something with more hatch room, which I don't think he needs, uh, the GLA is going to be a little bit sportier. It's going to be... Yeah, but I don't think the GLA is meaningfully higher off the ground than even... No, same ground clearance as... um, Same ground clearance as... Uh, the rest of their CUV lineup, basically. Hmm. So this is just like a little bit more compact. And I know that this has a slimmer roof line, uh, but I feel like you're going to get a lower mileage car. Uh, you're going, it's just going to be either more features, lower mileage or newer, all of the above. Uh, and if you just don't care about cars and you just need something that's kind of nice and easy to get around and semi-satisfying to own which honestly i would never i usually wouldn't recommend like a mercedes for that i would have said actually i don't know like because if i was in that market i would get like a uh an x5 4.8 is or something i saw i saw one the other day oh yeah i like those but that's a high tolerance for pain type of uh ownership experience and it's old so okay what what would you have recommended for a CUV in the $25,000 range, uh, but newer, hmm. uh, used or new, um, go. Um, I don't, I, I am of the mind, uh, I either want an SUV or a car. True. So I would say like a forerunner, which is not a CUV, but yeah. like that will get you through floods. But it has to be sort of like, it, he's on the premium mark like idea like i can't talk to this person <laughs> here's the thing is that like because uh, you know when i when i have mentioned the mazda which honestly i think the mazda is the true good answer here mm-hmm. it feels premium it's just not a premium mark. what about the lexus nx he wants a european car you did not tell me any of these things before fine 
it has to be European. He has very specific parameters for this. It has to be European. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, it needs to be slightly unique, which I think the GLA well, what's is. What's the cheapest Macan you could get? Oh, not 25. Probably what if, Okay, what 35. about a really good Touareg? Yeah, I don't think that's like worth the ownership experience from a like a real like maintaining it. And we actually, I had this conversation with him, and I said, "If you're going to keep this car for ten years, which car do you see yourself willing to pay money to upkeep? Say, for instance, replacing an engine and still feeling okay with it." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's fine with like the idea of this Mercedes. Again, I think he's going to go with the Volvo XC90 or XC60 at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Audi has been ruled out and good. Um, same with uh, BMW. Although I thought like, a oh, the other thing is the thigh support because he's really tall, super long legs. Um, so like the seat extension? The seat extension. I think, I'm, I mean, I think the Touareg, I think a Touareg would be really good. I, I like the idea of the Touareg a lot. Personally, Especially if you've got like 25 to spend, you could get one that's like a few years old and save up, save 10,000 to fix it. The current, day Touareg. I looked them up this morning on BRZO, actually. Like, okay. I was just kind of curious. Yeah. And you can get a TDI uh, Touareg in brown okay. uh, Lux package. What year are we talking? Like 12? Yeah, like bet- like 12-ish. Yeah. Um, for between ten dollars and $15,000. That is, that's the thing to get. Isn't that insane? That is insane. I just feel like it's going to be a lot of trouble. I mean, my brother-in-law's is like at 100,000 miles, no trouble. Original owner. Yeah, but this is this is i feel like everyone's again they're kind of like because uh, my sister-in-law had a Touareg, same gen v6 though uh and she had all sorts of trouble with it so i don't know anyways we're prattling on about uh this you didn't say one, okay you said Touareg. fine i'm gonna recommend yeah. that tomorrow although he said he sat in a um new tiguan and didn't really care for it okay that's completely different maybe but that's a different gen, and I feel like they're kind of merging in size and no, quality. No, but I mean, the, but the the Touareg was always way more premium. Than it is no the Tiguan. Totally. It's going to have better ah, seats and better comfort. But I mean, the shame is that the first gen was also way more differentiated as a premium, and I feel like when Volkswagen kind of watered down their design language, that the Touareg and the Tiguan now kind of basically look exactly well. The Touareg the same. is gone now. The Touareg is gone now, but yeah. they basically look the, like the. That Touareg and the Tiguan look the same, kind of, or very similar. Yeah, I mean, if you, but if you're going back to like 2012, they don't, you don't have that problem. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Anyways, all right. So, uh, speaking of daily drivers, mm, Kevin. Yes. Um, how's your Prius doing? Okay, I'm gonna try to make this as brief as I can. Mm. I called you after this happened, like the next day, but yes. I um was driving to the woodlands, so the car. There's no way I can make this brief. So as you know, dear listener, uh, last year I replaced the battery. So this service, they came to my house and they fixed the battery and they, they, they give you a rebuilt one. They install it, all this stuff. It takes like 25 minutes. Um, I had problems with that. I was told I went to a shop. I had problems. I was told it was the battery. Like all the lights came on in May. This was in May of this year. So I called the place that did the battery. I'm like, Hey, I've got this two year warranty on this battery. Uh, what do I do? And they said, oh, bring it to this one shop in Southwest Houston. And so I brought the car and this was months ago and they, they like, 
spent all day with it and they said, okay, this is your problem. Your ABS, some there's some ABS faults and it's sending too much power to one part of the battery cell and it's overloading it and it's causing these faults. And they didn't charge me and they didn't give me any paperwork and I immediately forgot all of this information and I didn't do anything to fix it. So let's say five months later, four months later, when um, all the lights come on the dash again, I was like, oh, this is that problem rearing its head again. I'm just going to have them fix it under warranty and then sell this car. So I drove it for, we'll say one or two days with all the lights on the dash. And yes, shall we like precursor, postcursor this as this was supposed to be your reliable, this is supposed to be my reliable car driver. So what I am working up to, well, I guess I'm justifying why I drove with all the lights on because it had, it had been fine before. So a uh, friend of the show, Will Pierce, stopping through town uh, a couple weeks ago. So I went to the Woodlands to visit him. He'd been driving all day. So I was like, okay, I'll go up there. And so it's like a 40-minute drive, like 25 miles or something. I get on Hardy's Hill Road. The lights had been off. Somehow they had turned off. I get on Hardy's Hill Road. Immediately all the lights come on. I was like, okay, fine. So then after about 10 miles, I lose drive. Like it goes into neutral and the... And I can't do anything. And then the computers, the computer, like the central screen, I don't remember if the actual dials in front of me turned off, but the center, center screen like rebooted Yep. and the Toyota logo came up. And once it kind of woke up, I was able to put it back into drive. Like it had gone into neutral and I couldn't force it into drive. So yeah. I'm going like 70 miles an hour on the highway. Thankfully, there's not that many cars around. And I put it in, it's in neutral. So I'm just coasting and then it reboots. And I go into drive and I'm like, oh, this is bad. So I'm like turning off air. I'm trying to do yeah. whatever I can to conserve whatever. And I'm like, okay, this is maybe it's done. And then it happened again. And yeah. then it happened again. And then it started happening every like minute and a half. And yeah. so it was probably about 20, 30 seconds of downtime where I'm just coasting. So I got into this rhythm where I would speed up to 80 miles an hour. It would sh- it would shut off. I would go into neutral. I couldn't get out of neutral, and then it would wake up, and then I would put it back in drive and yeah. keep going and build up that speed again. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, this is this is not so bad. Yeah. This, I'm I'm now I'm like ten miles from the woodlands where I'm ultimately going. So it's like okay, and so I keep doing this. I exit, and I, that's when I realized, like, I kind of had a sense that when the, when it was rebooting, I also lost power steering. Um, and I didn't realize I lost manual or I lost power brakes. So I'm I'm exiting, and I'm so used to keeping the speed way up. So it, it shuts off. Yeah. And I'm going down the exit, and then a car in front of me is like slowing down. So I'm like, oh, I better slow down. And it's like I step on the brake, and it's like no power brakes. Oh Lock up the tires. Yep. It like kicks to the right. It almost I almost sideswiped like the row of barriers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, regained it. And uh, it was fine. This is terrible. It was terrible. And so then I'm driving on this road with a lot of traffic. And I only, I was, I only, I went about a half mile. But I thought it was hard driving on the highway with no power. But let me tell you, it's much, much worse uh, being stuck in neutral on a road with traffic lights. Because I, I would have, I would have drive. This is the ultimate in hypermiling. This is, this is, this is. Yeah. Um, I have never had such an unreliable experience in a car. I mean, I guess I've had stuff that wouldn't start, but this is so much worse. Yeah. Like this is so much more dangerous. Like, and so, and also I was stupid to keep going, but 
I was already invested at this point. So yeah. I, 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 I'm like at a red light and I've got drive and then it turns green and then yeah. it just like shits itself. And so I'm like, oh, I'm sitting there and everyone's honking and going no. around me and stuff. This happened to me through two lights and then I just pull into the nearest parking lot and yeah. I called a tow truck. Yeah. And the worst part is it was like a $300 tow to tow uh. it to the one shop that I needed to go to that I have the warranty with. Yep. Um, and I get a, I, I didn't go. I didn't go too really far away. Yeah. I just was like, okay, send the car there, leave the key with it. Yep. They can deal with this in the morning. Yep. And there's someone at the shop and he's like, calls me 10 o'clock at night. I'm at a bar and he's like, um, yeah, that shop, uh, it's not here anymore. <laughs> They're not here anymore. We're a different business, uh, different, different car repair place. Yeah. And I was like, oh God. So I just ignored it. Or I mean, I didn't ignore it blanked out i just uh was like okay just i'll just deal with this tomorrow just let me leave the car there tonight and yeah. i'll uh come down there and straighten this out and so it turns out the new, the place that fixed my battery was like really close like a block away they moved yeah. but this place actually they looked at it even though i said don't look at the car they looked at it and they said it was my normal battery and water pump 12 volt 12 volt battery so i replaced those and i guess it's fine although i'm getting like 34 miles to the gallon amazing um i hate this car so much there and is. also when you have a hybrid and you have any kind of problem it's like having a hammer and every problem is a nail it's like yeah. every problem is a hybrid battery problem like i just assume like oh yeah. well, this is related to the hybrid battery that's like i there must have been some something must have happened to your car yeah, it like, probably flooded in one of our 14 500 year floods probably well you bought the car from austin though yeah they there's no way they could get a car from houston to austin <laughs> no it's flooded. clearly not even though like uh between houston and austin was the salvage Where they yard them. yeah um but yeah that's so strange because i mean this i i had this gen prius like back way back and Three uh, months ago. Three months ago. Um, in 2008 through 12, something like that. And it was super reliable, except for the Xenon lights, which are super expensive. <laughs> Don't for worry, I've had those problems reason. too. <laughs> They're like $700 a piece um, to replace the bulbs. Uh, and they have like New York taxis that go like 300,000 miles. No problem, Bob. Yeah. And your car, just one problem after another. And it gets worse mileage than just a like a new four cylinder oh much worse car much worse. yeah so you should sell that i and know buy I something to. else I, yes yes yeah Ugh. i just remember that scene from friends when rachel said that she kissed a girl once and she described it as it was the sound of coconuts knocking because they were wearing like coconut bras and it driving joey crazy and apparently uh, that's just like a male heterosexual male trigger yeah oh yeah coconuts knocking anyways yeah so shall we play a game of fuke mary kill oh my god it's been so long i forgot it's been so long i don't even know now what year could we go yeah hey i have a question for you yeah what is this show called what show new New for 96 Oh, right. We didn't introduce the <laughs> yeah. damn thing. We'll add that back to the beginning. I won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That'll be at the very kill. end. Yeah. All right. So what's the year, Christopher? Mm, why don't we go with 1994? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 94. A lot of, lot of stuff. Did you say a lot of stuff? 
Lada stuff. And no Ladas came out that okay. year, actually. All right. Uh, every Audi came out that year. Every Audi came out. Not a lot of good stuff, gotta well, say. Let's go, let's, let's go through. We're gonna, anything we don't know, we'll skip. Okay. Um, A4. Yeah. Audi A6. Yeah. Audi A8. Yeah. Audi RS2. Oh, these, I actually, these were the good Audi Audis. Those were the good Audis. Yeah. These are the good Audis. Um, yeah, the thumbnail's not going to help yeah. us out there. But that was the good A4. Actually, it wasn't the Alpha 145 good? Maybe. Uh, not say no. No, wait, that's, they had a sedan version, no? Oh, maybe this is not a good one. No, it's not good. Okay. Yeah, I think that sedan was like 147. Fine. Ooh, the E38 came out. Oh, that's good. Oh, my. Yeah. You know, this is the first car ever with HID. No. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's like the one full-size luxury feature that didn't originate on the e, on the S-Class. Yeah. Is that amazing? As a side note, um, back to your Prius for just one second. Please. Did you know that they offered HIDs on your second-gen Prius because they would last longer and they are more energy-efficient, therefore more green? I Except believe that the second part. They don't last that long right. and they cost $700 to replace each. Uh, and so you go through them and they're very expensive. Okay. Yeah. On to the next. Oh, the Cirrus. Oh, Chrysler my. Cirrus. Yeah. This is when they were going through their whole cloud thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I, it's worse than I remember. <laughs> What's great is that when you, so we're on, we're a little bit of, uh, into the weeds here. We're on Wikipedia and we see all these cars in a list and you can click in the notes and see this list we're looking at. Mm -hmm. Any car like an A4 that's had multiple generations uh, that thumbnail when you roll over it is going to be the latest version. Chrysler Cirrus is only one. It's <laughs> only one. It's <laughs> only one Cirrus. It looks like, um, it looks like a, a deformed like Concord Chrysler Concord. Uh, it's like a Dodge Avenger with like a baleen oh, in the front. It's bad. Uh, oh, the Chrysler Neon came oh, out that year. Well, yeah, that's the, right. the first one was first was, one was a, good. a good car. I liked it. Uh, not good to drive, but the Carage C forty one race car. Ooh, the oh, you were probably going to say Courage, weren't you? I was you were going to say, say courage, courage because I liked the dog. Okay, so the Dodge Avenger, man, that really went downhill. Yeah, the so ninety four. The first one was fine because it was a Mitsubishi uh, three thousand GT. No, oh that's no, I'm thinking about the Stealth. My God, how are Dumb. you qualified to do the Duke Mary Kill? I forget that the Avenger was more like the Sebring. It was the Sebring, wouldn't it? Um, I think they were all the Sebring. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> also that year, the Dodge Stratus. Ooh. Which is the popular car to live within down by the river. You that are conflating an, two different things. Are you doing this a bit? That's is this an a SNL bit? skit. No, oh, my God. Chris oh. Farley, didn't he say, I live no. in a Dodge Stratus? Is this really happening? Yeah. Is this well, real said, life? I know that he said van, but there's another bit where he says, I live in a Dodge Stratus. No? Is this happening? You're, there's dead silence here. What are you doing? I'm going to add in more silence just oh to make my God. point. No, 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 no. Will Farrell said at dinner, yes. Sarah Michelle Keller was his daughter. Oh, my and God. I think Anna Gostire was his wife. And he said, <laughs> I, he, they were all criticizing him. And he's yes. like, he's like, I am, you know, I'm a powerful man. I drive a Dodge Stratus. And he, that's what he oh, said. Oh, fine. Okay. It was and not Chris the, Farrell. Uh, Chris Farley oh, had the Chris I live in a Farrell. van down Damn by it. the river. All right, you're going to have to edit all this out because I just realized that I have just, I've literally conflated all these names and all these skits. Don't worry. I will edit this Doesn't to matter. the very Whatever. front of the show. Um, Eurofans. That's a brand. What? Huh. 
It looks like a a Peugeot. It's from the family of the uh, Citroen, Peugeot, Fiat, Atlantia. It's a Citroen, a Peugeot, a Fiat, Atlantia. Yes. All together, they shared what looked like a GMT. It's like the Eurofighter. Yeah. Ooh, F three fifty five. Ooh. Okay, great car. Okay, contour. Good First of all, car. why is the contour italicized? Second of all, do you remember the original launch campaign for the contour? I don't. Oh, where maybe it was, it was like, like really com- sporty. No, it was eh, like really whatever. large. <laughs> I feel oh. like it was. I'm gonna look up this commercial now, but it was. Uh, it was like there was people working on it on like scaffolding, like as if it was the size no, of the hidden. This sounds really weird. <laughs> Because it cost like it was like the first car where it cost like two billion dollars to make a car. And yeah, it was a Ford Mondeo. Yeah. So it was a car for the world. It was a world car. Yeah. But here we called the contour because we don't like other nations. So we can't right. think of the rest of the world. So it's a contour. It has shapes. Yeah. It had ovals. Yeah. Angry ovals. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it was the, no, that, no, was the no LCI. that was the LCI. That was the LCI. Yeah. <laughs> but the contour SVT was cool. It was cool, yeah. Yeah. The interior was tragic. Mm, awful. But I loved the idea of that car. I remember even as a kid. I drove one. Ah. My, friend, my oh, friend's that's mom right. had manual? one. Yeah. They're Ooh. all manuals. Oh. It got totaled oh. because of like, basically it was co- it was fine. It was yeah. just like cosmetics because it was so expensive to get that body <laughs> kit. It's European. That's what you get yeah. for buying a worldly car. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. We didn't get the Falcon yeah. here. Oh, the Windstar. Ooh, the Windstar. Which generation is that? Uh, no, the Windstar. It looks oh, the ori- the OG Windstar. That one. Yeah, Look at that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, this is like the quintessential generic cartoon minivan. It really like, is. It just looks like minivan. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Oh, but the Odyssey. I actually like the first gen Odyssey because it was the four door, regular four door. Yeah. Uh minivan mm-hmm. kind of like a pacifica is now or the old and one. i think it had like a normal v6 that was related to like yeah. all these other hondas you and it was also an isuzu is. which we might see here nope then they don't list it but it was also an isuzu something um but i thought it looked good okay so hyundai accent also came out this year which is guaranteed to be not good so we'll move uh, on to no yeah the oh the xj Ooh, of the that XJ. year that was the that was the first year of when i thought they started like looking, I mean, the classic ones now look really good, but this was when they kind of modernized, I guess. And the R, this is the first generation with the R. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Which, when did that come out? Like ninety-five or six? I don't probably. remember, but man, that looks so good with those like kind of monoblock wheels. The five spokes. Uh, yeah. So good. Okay, Lancia Kappa. We didn't get that. Don't know what uh, Moruti Esteem is. I think. Quattroporte, but not from, uh, not the Quattroporte that we know. No. Uh, I guess this is the square one, maybe. Oh, it would be okay. That's enough. <sighs> oh, it's so square. Yeah, it actually looks way cooler than that the one. That's the Ghibli. That, uh, what do you mean? Oh, you mean like period Ghibli? Yeah. Yeah. The, with the Quattroporte four. That's really cool. I've never seen that. Yeah. Uh, Mazda family van or. Oh, Familia van. Not to be mistaken for the Mazda Pamelia van. Um, Pajero Mini. Pajero Mini, which is, I guess, a three-door. Oh, oh, it's a K car or a key car. Are you quite all right? I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, Nissan Lucina, which we did not receive. Looks like a Sentra two-door. <laughs> Nissan Rasheen. Oh, wow. Wow. Whoa, that's weird. That's cool. It's like a wide, retro, futuristic SUV. Oh, wait. Is that a Wrangler? 
It almost looks like a Wrangler. It looks a lot better than or the Or Cherokee, I could say. No, it's mean. Oh, I like this Aurora, actually. Oh, the first yeah, gen was Aurora was, was really good. cool. It was oh, that looks so good. It does look cool. And note that they don't show the second gen here in the Avatar. Curious. Indeed. That one is not to be recalled. But it's the first not, gen it's not canon. No. The first gen is pretty cool. Uh Pontiac Sunfire. Oof. Ooh. Uh Skoda. We didn't get the Felicia. Super oh, the Outback. first Outback. That's cool. First yeah. one was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Tar- it, it was marketed towards lesbians. Yep. It was, actually. It was. Uh, it was, Richard- it was. It's not a This is because we were both in a- Yeah, no. We were both in advertising. We'll and link so to that podcast. Which we one will. was it? I don't remember. But uh, the, the brief story on that is that Richard's group out of um, Dallas, Texas, that's an ad agency, uh, they were tasked with marketing Subaru. And uh, through market research, they found that... Uh, I think a large part of the a large part of the demographic that bought Subaru Outbacks were lesbian couples, and so they had these kind of um, subtle commercials where they'd feature two women who could be friends or could be more, oh. uh, but they would have little Easter eggs, like Co- say for instance the you mean coconuts? Yes, coconuts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they would have. Uh, like the plate would be would say Xena on it, or something. The custom plates. Oh. Uh, so, anyways, it was kind of interesting and also like very ahead of its time. Okay, so next up, the Tata Sumo, which sounds like an oxymoron. It but, looks pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, the first Avalon. The Toyota. Well, did you like the first Avalon? Because you were fully in, immersed in immersed in Toyota. Toyota. I thought it was fine. I guess it was just a big... It, I didn't it like it. It was a big it. Camry. I didn't like it because it wasn't the Cressida. The, because it was the successor to the Cressida. But okay, but how did you even... Oh, yeah. I guess the Cressida was sold here. I forget that that was sold here. It was here. It was a Mark... It, that was a Mark II... Su- or it was a Mark... Uh, sorry. Uh, what can I think of the name? Four? Mark... Uh, Mark Four? Yeah, whatever the sedan was. I can't yeah, recall yeah. now off the top of my head. But anyways. Uh, but we didn't get the cool engine. We just got the inline six. I think it was... At the time, no, it was a V6, maybe. Anyways, uh, Toyota Curran, we didn't get that. Don't know what. Oh, it looks like a Paseo. Oh yeah, it's cool. Uh, Rav Four. Oh, I didn't know that was the first year. Pretty cool. Uh, the old three door. Yeah, Venturi Four Hundred. Oh, wow, I remember is. that from Gran Turismo. Wow, it's that's optimistic as fuck. Yeah. All right, Volkswagen Pointer, which is the truck, I think. No, lying. It's it is their Three Eighteen Ti. Yeah, and then the Polo, which we did not get. Okay, well, All there's right. a lot of stuff we did not get. So, but all the Audis. You're gonna give me my selections for FMK and then IU. Okay. I mean, I could go mean with this and say like, yeah, I'll do that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, because I've got my three. Okay. All right. I already know your three are all based on the same Chrysler platform. (laughs) You don't know me. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say yes. Uh, I'll cut out 15 minutes of silence. Yeah. Um, Honda Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Subaru Outback and Toyota Avalon. Whoa. Normcore set. Uh, well, I think I would daily... The 
Outback because it's mildly interesting. And good for floods. Good for floods. Uh, F the Honda Odyssey because it's not quite for me, although I didn't mind it. Uh, oh, and I guess that just means I'm going to F the Avalon, which is weird. But, but okay. you said F2 of Oh, them. sorry. I'm going to marry the Outback because I'm going to daily that and then F the uh, F the Avalon. F the yeah, Avalon. What, you're going to kill the Odyssey. I'm going to kill the Odyssey. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. God, I got all that. I just mixed up FMK so bad there. That's okay. Whatever. Okay. So for you, yeah, my friend, I will go the opposite approach. Instead of throwing you under the bus. Uh, I'm I didn't know such thing. going to go with a Chrysler Sirius. Sirius. Not Sirius. <laughs> Ford Contour, Ford Contour, and Oldsmobile Aurora. Oh, I give you good ones. Yeah. Um. I will. I'm gonna daily that Oldsmobile. Mm. Uh, Good choice, comfy car. Yeah, I will. I'm gonna f the Sirius. I'm gonna kill the Contour only because that interior like made me physically ill to be in I'm it was so big not the opposite that you're gonna uh slum it with the cirrus but okay well no i'm only gonna drive it once true i suppose so. i could drive it 10 feet yeah that's true all right there we go that's uh what we've got for the year of 1994 Okay. Wow, you made it through that. Yeah, this has gone long enough, so yes. I think we should end this. Yes, let's right. end it right now. Okay. Right. All right. No. Thanks for listening. Be sure to uh, follow <laughs> us on at new for ninety six on Instagram and uh, email us should you have complaints. Or yeah. that's it. I guess. I mean, you don't only have yeah, complaints. Yeah. Whatever. So, whatever. Uh, at There's no new for ninety six. Uh, new ninety six at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Bye. Goodbye.